Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NBA playoffs. We talk about everything that's going on. We talk about Golden State and the War at the Golden State and the Houston series. Now that KD is down for the count, will the Rockets be able to come back and steal the series? We also gonna talk about Denver and Portland and how that series is going. We also talk about Milwaukee ending the Boston Celtics playoff push and we talk about what happens next with Kyrie Irving. Is he staying in Boston or is he going someplace else? And we also talk about what's going on with the Toronto and Philly series, which is currently playing right now. My co-host Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross join me, Al Qualls on Guys Talking Sports, and that begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support, all the subscriptions out there. Make sure you subscribe to us on social media. But for now, we're going to get right into it. We got lots to talk about. So let's get right into it. I got my co-host with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross with me. So what's going on, fellas, man? How you guys doing today? Living my best life. Ain't going to funk with nothing you. I'm Mr. Scott. I hear you. <laughs> all you need to say because it's golden, you know, we be all right. <laughs> uh, I see a lot of the references here. So uh, I guess everybody's ready and good to go. So let's talk about, speaking of golden, let's talk about what's going on in the NBA playoffs and the Golden State Warriors. Got you right there. Uh, so we're <laughs> very good. So, <laughs> so let's just start right there. Of course, um, the Warriors are leading this series over the Rockets three games to two. But the biggest story right now is Kevin Durant going down with the injury. Um, it seems like a mild strain calf injury. Um, so, but he will be out at least game six um, in Houston with the, with um, Warriors playing the Rockets. So with the Warriors leading three two, um, everything's going back to Houston for game six. Do you think that? The Warriors will pull this one out without KD being sidelined for a, a, for a certain amount of time. I think Houston to find a way to lose. <laughs> Wait, but didn't you pick them to win? Yes, he did. Yeah, I, I I thought that they could beat them with Golden State at their full strength because they had such success uh, during the uh, regular season, but. You know, you're given – it's almost like Houston has been given a gift. And they're not – it's like when you get a gift and it's so good you don't know what to do with it, and they're going to fumble it, and they're going to lose. <laughs> so that's – but if KD is out any significant amount of time versus – I think Denver – if Denver makes it, I think Denver has a good shot to kind of two-punch Golden State and catch them with a, a, a nice little two-piece in the jaw. They might mess around and beat them in six or seven games if KD is hurt worse than what we believe he may be hurt. So that's my prediction. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I mean, right now, yeah, it, it's, it's a mild strain, and I think for the Warriors, I think they're probably happy about that. So they're saying that for the rest of the series, he's out. Um, to me – I, I suspect they're going to lose game six. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a blowout, but I think they're going to lose game six. So Ooh, gonna, the Warriors? Uh, the Warriors, yes. Okay. Um, which means they're going to um, have to face game seven 
you know, in the Oracle. And that's going to be a rough place to win. Right. Um, people are saying, yeah, they won without KD, you know, KD before, and they can, you know, they're going to go back to the Splash Brothers of old. But that's a, that's a lot of years ago. I mean, that's a couple of years ago. I mean, Bogut was a lot younger. Um, Iggy was a lot younger. Um, Sean Livingston was a lot younger and actually played some damn basketball. Um, and you had Harrison Barnes, who was once there, and he's not there. So they don't have that bench like they used to have. Um, Draymond Green is playing a lot a lot better now, but KD is that one answer that the Warriors, I mean, the Rockets had no answer for. Um, so I'm assuming they're probably going to, you know, double-team Clay, double-team Curry, trap them coming up the court, make them throw the ball and make other people beat them. I think the Rockets, the Rockets should beat them. And if they can't beat them without Durant, then this whole squad is trash. Um, CP3 and definitely James Harden gets no respect for me. I don't care what you want to call him about MVP. This is your time to win. This is your time to make it to the finals. Rockets, the basketball gods have repaid you for CP3 getting hurt. They have gift wrapped this series in a package. They should have beat them last night. They let them off the hook. If they had to beat them last night, it's over in six. It's not coming back to um, Oracle. Now you let them win, or you kind of didn't do anything at the end, James Harden. And now if you win, the pressure's going to be on the Rockets. If they win, now the pressure's going to be triple time going to the Oracle because you got to close them out, and everybody's expecting you to win. I think that's when the hands get a little real sweaty, the stomach <laughs> Start clinching up. You know, if the shots don't fall, you're going to start getting nervous. If it's a close game in the Oracle going down to the fourth quarter, I'll hedge my bets to Golden State. But overall, it needs to be two blowouts, um, in my opinion, for the Rockets to ensure that they, they should win. They should win. I'm not 100% confident that they will, but they should win. Um, I agree with you. I agree with both of y'all um, in regards to the Rockets. This is their their turn. It's their time at this point. They have every opportunity, and I agree. They should have won yesterday. I mean, the last game as well, um, especially with KD out. Um, but and Warriors definitely held on by the skin of their teeth to win that game. They were up by twenty, and they were they were as they as they have been. They just lacks the cool and was damn near and almost gave the whole game away. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the, the good thing about this is, is that, of course, Steph will have better games now um, because he'll get bulk of the offense now that KD is out. So this should help him. But this is not really about the Warriors per se, but more so about the Rockets. I agree with you, Ace. Um, at this point, James Harden should have had a better game. But more importantly, where is Chris Paul? Like, Chris Paul was better than he was last year than he is this year. I mean, this whole thing, his, his he's not even really been a factor. It's been James Harden and virtually Eric Gordon. And to be honest, Austin Rivers played a little bit better than um, CP3. So this is your moment. This is 
the opportunity is there, not just for the Houston, but more importantly for Chris Paul. If Chris Paul doesn't perform as he should be, there should be no reason why the Rockets don't blow out or at least win this game significantly in game six. If they have a, a trouble with them throughout game six, that's going to tell a, a long story that basically they can't handle the Warriors as constructed as is without Kevin Durant. That's going to be telling. If the Warriors lose this series without KD, I agree. That is a big disappointment and a big letdown. Yes, as Stephen A. Smith always talks about the Cowboys, they're allergic to prosperity at times. So, <laughs> so here it is. Yeah. No excuses. Go to State Warriors. You hate to say that you got an excuse for losing, but they, they you're down two starters. <laughs> what the hell? And no really, and no real good bench. So, I mean, if they win. I don't even know what to say about the Rockets, but what can you say? I mean, how can you replace that kind of production with, with um, Kevin Durant? Yeah, he's been playing phenomenal. I mean, there were some people that talk about maybe that the, the numbers were too high, but shit, don't give me that. In the, don't give me that in the playoffs. I mean, this is it. You're going for a three-peat. You got to, you know, it's put up or shut up time. All the cards are on the table. So there's you can't say there's high usage, you know, in the um, playoffs because you're not sure if you're going to get back there. And if the Golden State Warriors lose, there's no guarantee that that team as constructed today is going to be back there first game next Actually, I don't think that team as constructed right now is going to be the same team that starts game one next season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have no faith in Houston right now. Uh, let me see what Houston does in game six. If it goes back to Oracle. I still don't have faith in Houston, so <laughs> I'm just gonna I'll just leave it at that. I mean, I don't know. Uh I don't think it's I think with KD going down, I don't think Golden State makes it to the championship. And if they do, I don't think they win. Um, but that's saying that if KD comes back healthy after a week, it's possible. But, you know, if he comes back after a week and he retweaks it, then what? They're back to square one. So, um, Houston had every opportunity to win it last year and they squandered their way. Um, the, the shoe is on the other foot this time. And I just, I, I just need for them to prove me wrong. I'm going out there saying, no, they won't do it. But in my heart, my head is saying they won't do it. My heart is saying, this is your opportunity to show that you guys belong. You need to go out there and prove that you can do it. And they'll get it done. But I got to go with my head more so than my heart in this particular moment. And I just don't see it doing it. I see that for one game, the Splash Brothers are going to go out there and prove that the hell with everybody else, the hell with the media, the hell with everybody. We don't need KD to go out here and, and, and do this. And they're going to come out there and prove that the Splash Brothers can sit there and score 70 points in the backcourt or 80 points in the backcourt and go out and win the game. And I just think that either six, game six or game seven, that's what's going to happen. And Houston's going to go home. And the Dan Antonio experiment is going to go to the wayside and they're going to find themselves a new coach because he can't get them over the hump. 
and that's how I'm calling it. <laughs> wow, wow, that's that's very interesting, very interesting. So you think that if the Rockets doesn't beat the Warriors, you really believe that that's going to be the end of Dan Tony as a head coach? Because think about it, uh, you needed one game last year to get past him, you couldn't do it, and now you've pretty much been gifted two games. Well, yeah, right, one game because they were up 3-2. Right. Yeah, yeah sorry. Exactly. Yeah. And they couldn't get it done up 3-2 last year, and now they're down 3-2. I don't see them winning two games, unfortunately. You know, I don't care how hot Harden is. I don't care what Chris Paul does. I just think that all, all uh, Golden State needs is this one game. And if you give them one game where both the Splash Brothers are hot, and uh, Draymond is playing like Draymond back from two years ago before he got ejected versus Cleveland. Ain't nobody beating that squad. <laughs> I will admit. I will admit that this is the if any time is now they do need the old Draymond back now that you know. To be honest, the Warriors. They. I mean, with the people that they have, the Warriors that they have there, they need to go back to the old, not old, but the two, three year ago Warriors that they were as far as winning the championship when they first won it. Um, I think that will help said so, um it will help ease the loss of K D for at least for the time being. Yeah, I mean um what they're predicting with the mild strain that he's gonna be reevaluated re next week. Best case scenario, he might be out um two weeks, which would if they were to win, or at least they make it to game seven and let's say the Nuggets and the Trailblazers go to game seven. That will push that beginning of that series starting sometime in the middle of next week, I think it is. Mm -hmm. So I guess they were saying that the best case scenario for the Warriors, if it goes seven, the other one goes seven, he could, in theory, be back, let's say, game three of the you know, Western Conference Finals. Now, like you said, Ace, you don't know if he's going to retweak it, but they're saying that's probably the – the best case scenario now, and since it was a mild sprain, not a, I mean, a minor or whatever, it wasn't more significant than it was saying that the time for to be out shouldn't be as long. So they're thinking maybe uh, at least at best two weeks. So they're hopeful that both go seven and they can have him back by mid uh, Western Conference Finals. However, they're going to need some help from that bench. They're going to need everybody to step up. I mean, they're going to need Sean Livingston to step up. They're going to need damn near Andrew Bogut to play like he played five years ago when he was actually giving us some quality minutes and numbers. Iggy, <sighs> Iggy might have to play like he used the NBA Finals, and that's asking a lot for Iggy. So, um, hell, you're going to have to go way deep down on that bench and get a lot of people to actually play like <laughs> um, to help it out. I mean – the, put like this, the, the Warriors can afford to have a bad game in game six. They just can't really afford if they want to make it to have a bad game in game seven. The Rockets, oof, I agree with you, Ace. If they can't beat them like this, D'Antoni might be the one out. Yeah, he got to be. Because they gave, a pass, they gave a pass last year with Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And so now you got him. No Kevin Durant. It is gift wrapped for you. So don't be surprised if uh, Houston is going through this whole uh, coach search like the Lakers are going through. 
And, uh, <laughs> what a great segment to bring that up. I mean, if we could just talk about that, I mean, all jokes aside, can anyone explain to me exactly what it is that the LA Lakers are doing? They don't know. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, from, from what I from what I understand, um, it looks like they were both parties are in agreement. Ty, Tyrone Lewis was going to agree to do the coach. Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka, you know, were on agreement. You know, I guess Magic doesn't worry about the optics. Just get him in because this is – you know, um, LeBron James guys. So it looks like everybody was in agreement. Then all of a sudden, there's been some rumors that Kurt Rambis' wife or somebody came in there and kind of scuttled the deal. They wanted to insert Jason Kidd on his coaching staff. They wanted to pick his assistant coaches for him, allegedly. And then they offered him a three-year deal. Hell, um, uh, their last coach got a five-year deal when he left and went to go play for another uh, another squad. So you're going to give Tyrone Lou the incoming coach, three years. He wanted five years. They decided to offer him three, even after they mutually agreed, okay, yeah, let's do this. And then once they came back with him, with that, with, with that counter offer, he just said, screw this. And you're not going to pick, you're not going to pick my assistant coaches and you're not going to hamstring me for three years, mind you three years would be the lifespan of LeBron James' contract. Mm-hmm. So, which means that when LeBron James goes, you go. You go. <laughs> he wanted a long-term deal. He deserves a long-term deal. And I'm glad he told him to stick it and shove it and go somewhere else. But then it makes me wonder, who runs the, the organization? Like, is it really Jeannie Buss? Because if she was all on board with Ty, Long, I mean, with Ty Lue being the head coach, what is going on? They they just need to go ahead and just trade LeBron. And Where did this come from? This just came out of the field. It, it sounds crazy, but I think that's what they need to do because it's LeBron pretty much handicapping. It, nobody will ever come out and say it's LeBron is the reason why Ty Lue is getting the position. Ain't nobody gonna say it was LeBron that was sitting there. They want Jason Kidd and and um, I forget who the other assistant coach that they want on the bench. Oh, Thibodeau! Like, why would they regulate themselves to assistant coaches when they could easily find a head coaching gig? Because yeah, I get you. I got you. If Ty Lue were to screw up in year one, they could say, "All right, get the hell up out of here," and take Kidd or Thibodeau and just slide him into the head coach's position. And if the next one mess up. Slide the next one in there, and then keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, but, but they were bold. They were very bold to say that uh, to come at Tom Thibodeau and Jason Kidd saying, "Yeah, we want them to be your assistant coaches." Like they would really sign off on that. I'm coming to Lakers just to be assistant coaches, exactly. especially Tom Thibodeau, who was was a, once the president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. You're gonna try and defer him there as an assistant coach. And think that he's going to be okay with that? I just don't see that happening. Like that's a huge step down from president to assistant head coach. Like that's a huge step down. I just don't see that happening. So it's it's 
puzzling the fact that they would even think that that could happen and Ty Lue would be okay with it, picking his own coaches. But, again, it goes back to who really runs the organization. Is Jeannie Buss, is that, if, if she's really the owner of this, this Lakers organization, then how is it that someone like Linda Rambis can insert herself or Kurt Ramis's wife, can assert herself in the mix and change everything that you already okay to do. I mean, so there's really is something else going on with the Lakers organization. Because if Jeannie Buss is supposed to be the person in charge, she would make that decision and leave it as that. So something must be going on. You know, there was some talk about a week or so ago that there was um, certain coaches – or maybe certain execs that was suggesting to coaches don't go on coach for the Lakers because LeBron James is a coach killer. Mm. Everyone was laughing about that and saying, oh, there's people hating. Uh, let's just say the two people who they wanted, Monty Williams opted not to go there and coach someplace else. Tyrone Lue was there. He was on agreement. But then when they tried to, you know, short him with the, the contract, he bounced. They're bringing in Frank Vogel, apparently, who last coached for was the Orlando Magic. Right. Yeah, right. Are you he agreed? No, they're bringing him in the interview as a possible candidate. So, who else? Because I heard somebody else was supposed to be a candidate as well. It could be the last person I heard was Frank Vogel. I did hear Frank. Um, but I thought I heard some other names as well. Um, some old names. I got to double check just to make sure. But, um, yeah, I'm like, you know, it's the perception that, you know, LeBron James, if you well, I guess if you bring in Tyrone Lue, the perception is, is that it's really LeBron James coaching, not Tyrone Lue, because that was the perception in Cleveland. Be it true or not, that was the perception. So now you have Magic on, you have Rob Palenka there, then you have LeBron James there, and you bring in this old coach from Cleveland, so it's going to get that overall perception that LeBron James runs this team, not uh, Linda Rambis or maybe not Jeannie Buss. So I think, and I'm actually in agreement with you, Ace, I think if they're going to build a championship dynasty team, it's not going to be with LeBron James because you're going to have to bring in people that he likes, he's comfortable with. You're going to have to bring in players that – fit him, not a system, but fit him. And then when he leaves, he's going to leave like he left Cleveland both times, high and dry with high draft picks. I mean, the only team that he didn't leave high and dry was really the Orlando – I mean, was really the Miami Heat. And he still had Dwayne Wade, and he still had um, uh, Chris Bosh before he couldn't play anymore. So – and they still had Eric Spolcher, who was there before him, and he was there after him, so he didn't get him canned. So, for me, I – you know what they should do? And they might laugh, but this is what they should do. They should – if they're going to start from scratch, I would sit there and wait to the end the NBA draft, and whoever gets that number one pick – you trade LeBron James to that team and get that number one pick. So in other words, if the Knicks get Zion, you trade LeBron for Zion. No, you trade LeBron. Well, if that's the pick, well, the pick is probably going to be Zion, but if the New York Knicks were to get that first ball and get the first round of Los Angeles Lakers, I would approach them 
and say, we'll trade LeBron James for the first pick and some other players. That way they can start off clean and fresh, get a brand new coach, and you can build around Zion. And the um, New York Knicks can bring in Kyrie and they can bring in LeBron James. They can instantly have themselves a championship because that's the kind of dumb shit that New York Knicks will do. I can see that. I see that wholeheartedly. That's the kind of dumb stuff that Dolan would do. Now, if I'm Dolan, I, I wouldn't. But if I was L.A., I would try to trade LeBron James to get a King Ransom because at this particular point, the way the thing's constructed, you got three years left. You're going to need a, another year to get a team in a coach of jail. And then you're going to need a third year when he might win a championship or maybe four, depending on how the West is stacked. So you're, you have one year really where if you get a good team and a good coach with LeBron James, you can win a championship. And that's probably going to be year four. And by that time, he's old LeBron. And, uh... and they might have AD by that time. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like I said, I would trade him to whoever gets the number one pick, especially the Knicks. The Knicks can have him, and they can have KD, and they can have Kyrie, and KD will probably go to um, the Clippers. I, 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 you laugh. I, I do. I do. I have to admit, I never even thought about something, a scenario like that. And you're right, because I can honestly see the Dolan be like, I'm all for it. I can see Knicks fans also going ballistic because they have Zion, and then Dolan would do something to mess it up. And even though Knicks fans, they would be in so much, it'd be so much chaos. That's all I could see. I could see, I, I could honestly see Dolan doing something like that. But it would be euphoria for the Knicks fans, and he has Fisdale there, his old, you know, assistant coach who he likes and trusted, and actually won it over back at Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can see a, I can see a climactic moment, you know, and they just, they, they get all excited and ah, it's all over the place because. LeBron has done made his way to New York. I can see the fans going nuts over that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I see the Lakers doing it. I don't see LeBron being happy with it. Okay. So yeah. even though like, I get what you're saying, it doesn't matter. It's a business. I get that. I get that. My point is that everything is now set up. The barbershop will have to move to New York instead of L.A. Um, certain things will have to change. I just don't see – I don't see LeBron being happy. That's what I'm saying. He can get all he, he can get all his movie star stuff in LA. I mean in New York just like he can in LA. I just don't see LeBron being happy in New York. Especially under Dolan. He ain't gonna leave him yet. <laughs> now he has no trade clause, so he has no say so in the move. So they sign a dotted line. You can go kicking and screaming, but you're going. Yeah, I get that. I just I just see him not I could see resentment towards New York because of and, and and I could see a mellow coming back home to New York too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even see the Knicks. Even if with LeBron there, even with Chris Paul in New York, and you know, the Wayne goes to New York, Wade goes to New York. I don't see them. The Knicks still going after Mello. Why not? Why not have the ultimate All Star team? 
Why not? What what, what they got to lose? <laughs> banana boat. That I think that ship is sailed. I'm, that's just my opinion, but I think that ship is sailed. Uh, I I have a lot of respect for uh, for Camilo. You know, the man made twenty eight, twenty nine million dollars and did absolutely nothing for the entire season. Man, it's it's a wonderful time to be alive. <laughs> I'm very interested to see if he does come back over the summer. I'm very interested to see if somebody picks him up. Why not? He'll take a why not take a a, a mid year exception for two million dollars? I mean, he's just playing for his pride at this point. He ain't got to get the That's true, but um. Real quick, according to Sham, the Lakers are adding these former NBA coaches to their coaches search. So it was Frank Vogel, but it was also it's also Mike Woodson and Lionel Hollins. I can see Lionel Hollins. Why not? I yeah, but what Lionel want to do that to himself? <laughs> hey, it's bright lights in LA. I prefer him over Mike Woodson. <laughs> are you really? Are we? Are, okay. All right. Okay. All right, let me see if I got this. You saying that because Mike Woodson's tenure at the Knicks, correct? And and with Milwaukee. Okay. Well, not Milwaukee. Right. I'm sorry, I'm Memphis. Okay, I'm going. Wait, Mike Woodson did play with um, Memphis. I, Memphis. I mean, Coach Memphis. No, Lionel did. Yes, yes, you're right. But yeah. I would still take Mike Woodson over Lionel Hollins because just as bad as Mike Woodson was with the Knicks, Lionel was worse with the Nets. I'm just leaving it at that. With the Nets? Yeah. Well, who did the Nets have? Huh? Who did the Nets have? No. When when Lionel Hollis was coaching? Yeah. Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, Brooke Lopez. Um, and I think this was the time before Jason Kidd got in there with um, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. So, oh, but, so they were still younger. Okay. Yes, they were still younger. Okay. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, if he goes to LA, you know, that could change everything. And, you know, he may, he may, uh, from his tenure with the Nets, it wasn't a good look. Sorry. So, um, all right. So uh, let's get out of that Lakers talk right now, because I, I have a feeling that that's just another snowball. We're going to get to another point next week where it, it snowballs to something even bigger. So I have a feeling that this conversation will continue with the Lakers. But real quick, let's get back to the NBA playoffs and talk about what happened with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Um, hey, Milwaukee, I, called, that. I yeah, called them. Yes, you did call it. You did call that. it. You got to give props for that. You did and, call and, it. And y'all didn't, but I called that. So, Hey, <laughs> no, 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 no. I have footage now. I did call that they was going to win the series. I said it was going to be because of their bench. I, I think he was like, nah. <laughs> yeah, no. He said that there was no trust in Milwaukee. I got the exact quote. <laughs> game one gave me good reason not to have trust. In him. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. As a matter of fact, I think it was after game one. And that's when he made that comment. Like, nah, they ain't give me no trust yet for me to. <laughs> so, no. I, I And I we talked about this before. Like, the whole – you could tell the chemistry issues with Boston is just so glaring. Um, but, of course, now they lose the series in five games. Um, of course, you I don't know if you caught the tail end of the post-game interviews and everybody talking about, you know, it was just crazy. Um, so let me get your thoughts real quick on Boston. And quick question is whether or not Kyrie will be back. Hmm. 
Uh, this the series, I, I'll have to admit, I was, I didn't see it coming. Um, <laughs> I have to pay more closer attention to the Bucks now. Um, <laughs> but um, I didn't see it coming. They, I mean, like I said, they, they reminded me of a great Eastern Conference team that's first and just running through everybody and then gets in the playoffs and just sputters out. They didn't sputter out. They looked like they wanted to sputter out after game one. But I'll give credit their their bench and, and their play. Um, who was that Brogdon that they got back? Um, yeah, he was in, he was injured um, a while back. Yeah, and they got Brogdon back, and he started hitting shots. And um, the three, they were just they were just when when they were on and they were hot. I didn't think dude would, be, would still be hitting after he hit seven straight threes, but they proved me wrong. I mean. They play like a complete team. The Celtics, on the other, uh, other hand, they have not played like a complete team. And there's been something fundamentally wrong with the Celtics all season. Now, you can say whether it was Kyrie. You can say whether it was reinserting Gordon Haywood into the lineup. Maybe he should be coming off the bench. I don't know. But there was something fundamentally wrong with the chemistry of that team. And, and the way that the whole season transpired with Kyrie Irving and try to be in a leadership role and making the comments, calling his teammates out, publicly going to LeBron James saying, I apologize. All that said a bad president, in my opinion. And it was just like, it was just like something that was just growing and it just blew up at the wrong time. And they can say all the right things that they want to want to say to ask Marcus Smart after his exit interview was um, Kyrie a bad leader. He was like, no, no, no. But trust me, I think a lot of players were glad this over and that team did not look the same with Kyrie and Gordon. And now Kyrie is a phenomenal player and Gordon Hayes is probably going to be a lot better next year if he has a full season under his belt. But I said at the beginning of the season, I don't think that squad fits with Kyrie because he demands too much of the ball. And now you're taking the ball out of Jalen Brown and out of Jason Tatum's hands and they never look right at all the entire season, and a damn sure didn't look right at all in this series. I couldn't say it better myself. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, Kyrie's done. I think he's. I think he said enough. Where if they were smart, just let him walk. You know, trade him, get something for him. Um, well, he's a free agent, so they can't. They can't trade him, so he. Oh, restricted. Okay, yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, but the thing about it is, Boston has so many assets and they have such so many draft picks that even if they let Kyrie walk, Terry Rozier is no uh, is no slouch. So I don't think they're losing much by us letting Kyrie go. You know, the experiment was cool when it started, and it didn't work out the way they wanted it to. So let's let the man walk. Let him go where he needs to go. And go back to playing the style of ball that they played the previous season and try to work uh, old boy back into it as well uh, to try to get him uh, more acclimated with that type, you know, with that style of ball and get Brad Stevens back to the coach that he was. And I guarantee that Boston will be that legitimate top four squad next year that will, that will push to go to the East Conference, uh, Eastern Conference Finals because, uh, I think Kyrie learned a hard lesson that he's no Batman. 
he's better off. He's like a Batman light. Or, <laughs> or he's very much a, a strong Robin. You know what I mean? But he, I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's – I thought he, he probably thought he was the dude that could sit there and lead a team, but he's not that dude. So basically you're saying he's Darkwing. Pretty much. <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm thinking about Darkwing Duck, not Darkwing. Nightwing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think in order for Kyrie to win, Kyrie needs stars. Kyrie can't, Kyrie can't be the only star. Jason Tatum is a star. But I don't think he trusts Tatum enough to be that complimentary star to him. Because if he trusted him, then that makes it seem like he's not that dude to be the, the ultimate star of the team. Like LeBron, everybody knows you know, who LeBron is. LeBron is that dude that went to 10 straight NBA finals, blah, 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 blah. You know? But he had to earn that. He had to get there. and He had to do pay his dues, become that dude. Kyrie, if he could have just trusted in his teammates more, he probably could have been, you know, he could have been instilled, you know, to be that leader and still be that number one guy to take that one shot to win the game like he did for Cleveland in game seven. You know, but he had to trust in his teammates and obviously he didn't have that trust. And obviously when when you have Terry Rozier talking about I don't give a F about whatever, you know, joint, you know, it's been messed up for God knows how long. Obviously now they can really express the way they feel and they don't have to see this cat <laughs> because once they clean out their lockers, he's gone. He, he probably won't ever come back. So Kyrie really got to do a lot of reflecting upon himself and really just kind of look at it as like, yeah, you know, I thought I was that dude and didn't recognize that I was in a great situation with Cleveland and we really could have ran and been that dynasty or it could have been a Golden State type of thing for the next six years or whatever. Everybody would have been tired of it, of course, but <laughs> he would have had that run. And now he's just realizing that he screwed up. So does he have a reunion in L.A.? I question you, Al. I've read some stuff on Bleacher Report, some teams that, you know, will best suit him. Brooklyn is one of those squads, but they're talking about getting rid of D'Angelo Russell to bring in Kyrie. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Don't do it. Oh. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's, let me go back. Um <laughs> First off, let me. I firstly agree with you guys in regards to this. Um, I thought the, the the lack of chemistry was just so so glaring. It's not even funny. Like there was no communication during the game and off the game. Like no one was even like communicating with Kyrie at the time. So it was just whole dysfunction. But like you said before, that's what it is when you bring in a superstar that focuses to be the only superstar on that team when it was a team chemistry ball. Like last year in the playoffs, they won 11 games um, with playing team ball. You bring in Kyrie, and this year they won only five games, playoff games. So there's definitely a drop-off there. And to be honest, it hasn't been like it was just the playoffs. It was all season long. Everybody knew that there was a problem with chemistry there. And the, the even with the comments, like um, when – Kyrie made that comment about, you know, he was seven for 22. And the, some media person asked him what his thoughts were about the shot selection. And his quick response was that I need to take more shots. Like, that alone is just telling. Like, if you're saying that, that means you don't have no faith in the team. And if you don't have no faith in the team, there's no reason why you need to continue on being a part of a team that you have no faith in. 
Now, with that all being said, I think it would be more beneficial for Kyrie to leave. And I think Brad Stevens can incorporate back that team chemistry, that team basketball philosophy that worked with um, Terry Rozier, that worked with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and then put pieces behind them to make it work. Gordon Haywood can probably be coached into it because Brad Stevens and Gordon have that connection. So I think that you should focus on keeping Gordon Haywood and, like you said, maybe come off a six-man role until he's completely healthy or he's more consistent with the scoring because he has not been consistent, which is one of the reasons why they're in the position where they are now going home. Same thing with Kyrie. As a matter of fact, all the teams – I mean, all the players on the Boston Celtics were very inconsistent with the exception of Jalen Brown. And I think that because of the fact that, you know, they didn't give more of the young players more touches to showcase what they can do. Terry Rozier carried them. Last year, he was beating Eric Bledsoe to death to a point where they was going back and forth. And Rozier got the best of him. But yet Kyrie Irving, who was supposed to be a better superstar than him, could not even get the best of Eric Bledsoe in this five-game series. That is telling. With that being said, I need to say this in regards to Kyrie Irving and this rumors about Brooklyn, okay? With all due respect, Kyrie is a wonderful player, but Kyrie does not fit the Brooklyn Nets system as it is constructed. D'Angelo Russell right now is the better player for the Brooklyn Nets than Kyrie Irving. I am sorry because I can... If, if anything that was telling from this Boston Celtics team is the fact that Brooklyn Nets play team basketball, Kyrie Irving is not there yet. So for all those Nets fans that think that it's a better opportunity for Kyrie to play instead of D'Angelo, hold your horses. D'Angelo is better, better suited for the Brooklyn Nets office, and it shows because now he has what he has in regards to the all-star credentials, and now he's going to get paid like a Brooklyn Nets all-star. So he got that swagger. He has that swagger now. And it's not even a swagger where I'm telling other teams. It's a swagger where he's humble now. He's learned a lot from his days with L.A. He, he matured now. So why not completely invest in someone that's now that can carry a team? And we've seen it. So as far as Brooklyn, I'm telling you right now, if Brooklyn brings Kyrie into the mix, I'm going to have huge issues with that. And I'm not saying that – and I'm saying this because I don't want them to bring in Kyrie and to try to lure in KD or whatever the case may be. Build from within. If the team, if the super, if stars want to be here, they need to understand the philosophy. If they don't understand the philosophy, they shouldn't be here because the philosophy. Once a player understands philosophy, then the chemistry is better for that team overall. Yeah, I just need DeAndre Russell not to try to bring you know the, the trees onto the airplane and get caught out there and. He'll do a lot better, but um, I totally agree. Uh, Kyrie to Brooklyn, they don't need him. He's he doesn't fit that that scheme of basketball that they're playing right now, which I think is uh, was pretty good. Um, if I'm Danny Ainge, it's it's not going to work with him on there. I don't think not unless you get rid of some other pieces uh, unless they're willing to, you know, give up Jalen Brown or whether they're willing to give up Jason Tatum to keep Kyrie, that team and Kyrie don't mesh well. Just let Kyrie walk. 
the rest of that team, I guarantee that team will play so much better if you let Kyrie walk. You got they got all they got uh, top draft picks coming in the first round this coming draft. Let Kyrie walk. Let t- let Terry Rozier run the point. You bring in a backup point guard. Probably bring in I don't know what uh, what uh, what pick they have, but they should get mid- something mid round pick. I think mid round pick. So they should be able to get something decent. You know they they don't need a. Uh, Instant superstar. They just need somebody who's a quality backcourt. The team is young as hell. Let's let them ride. Let's let Brad Stevens take that young squad and let them see where they can go. Now, the bigger question is, what do you do with Al Horford? Do you keep him or do you let him walk? Now, that's the question. I keep him if you can. You know, because you can sit there and extend his contract a little bit with some of that max money would have given Kyrie and give Terry Rozier about $60, $70 million, and you're good. I agree. I think he anchors. I would keep Al for maybe another year, um, mm-hmm. but develop those big – because they do have big men that can definitely replace Al Horford from a defensive standpoint. But you'll lose him as far as the savviness and the offensive ability that he has. But they do have some some horses behind him. So that's right. – and just a real quick update, fellas. The 76ers and Raptors game. Uh, 76ers are bouncing back nicely. Um, 93-69. What? Wow. Sixers. Over Toronto? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, 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 all right. I have to say this. Um, all jokes aside, I, I have more faith in Toronto to close out the series. But in hearing this right now, I'm very I, I'm I'm worried for Toronto fans. I'm really worried about Toronto fans because I can see this being another exit in the second round without them making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Am I a basketball whisperer? Did I not call uh, Milwaukee uh, Philly uh, Conference Finals if if it goes seven? I you 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 did you did. You did. <laughs> And did I? And I don't think I don't even remember if I backed you up on that one or not. You did not. <laughs> no, I, we both picked Toronto. We both picked Toronto. I mean, they got right now. It, it's looking like you know, unless there's a cataclysmic collapse in the next nine minutes, um, looks like the 76 is going to win this game. Um, the next game would be in Toronto. You probably want to have Drake right up on you know courtside, you know. <laughs> So. I will. I will say this. I will. Say, I know, right? I will say this. If Toronto loses the series, I'll be very disappointed. Does Kawhi stay if they lose? He he did say that he he wouldn't mind staying. So that's like Paul George all over again. He did he did say he wouldn't mind staying in Toronto. So, but I think even if he does stay or if he do leave, I think that they 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 have their cornerstone stone piece in Piao Saka. I think they definitely can move forward with him. Um, so I don't think it's a significant drop-off. No, you know, he should stay, but you, you, you never know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Um, yeah, well, real quick, though, before we go, I know there's also the Denver and Portland series. Um, so real quick, just your thoughts on that as far as who you got. Think Portland's gonna come back and make it a game seven? I hope so, because that's a damn near that's a damn entertaining series right there. I would like to see it go seven games, and I think Denver will pull it out in seven. Uh yeah, I think Denver's gonna win in seven. 
Yeah, I think we're all saying that each home team is going to win their respective games now going forward towards the end. All right, so we'll stay tuned and see what's going on, and we'll continue to bring up the updates as far as where we stand. Don't forget that also I believe this third, this Tuesday will be the draft lottery coming up. Is it? So Yeah, I believe it's yes. The draft lottery is going to be coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, because uh, the draft itself is in June. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. So we will find out who will have that number one um, pick in a lottery on Tuesday. Oh, boy, I told you. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm Lakers, I'm sitting there looking at who get that first-round pick. Let's make a deal. <laughs> I can see Jim Dolan pulling up. <laughs> hey, all right, what you got? Let's do this. Let's do this. So, but we can talk more about this next week. But the time is far spent. So, I'd like to thank everybody for checking this out. Let people know where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, and the gram, uh, J.E. Ross, the number seven. You can find me on Twitter, uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am our Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am our Qualls. I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Make sure you check us out <clears throat> on Guys Talking Sports. We are on podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. So it's confirmed that we are on Spotify now. Um, so check that out. Check that out as well. Also, make sure you check us out on social media, Instagram, Guys Talking Sports, and on Twitter, Guys Sports Talk. So without further ado, this is Guys Talking Sports. I'd like to thank everybody for coming out. Until next time, God bless. And check us out next week on another podcast. Mm. <laughs>